you know, one in 10 drop-ins or cold calls I'm going to get an appointment off of. Right. One in one referrals are going to give me the meeting. Yeah. Welcome to the Referral Bench Podcast, a weekly podcast for business owners and salespeople growing their business with networking and referrals. I'm Ian Campbell, CEO of Mission Suite. And I'm Phil Pelto, CEO of Firestorm. If you're working on growing your network, we have another great episode coming your way today. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get to this week's interview. This podcast is brought to you by Firestorm. Firestorm is a business-to-business networking organization that organizes events and meetings for business owners and professionals where they can meet, build relationships, and share referrals. Learn more at myfirestorm.com. And this podcast is brought to you by Mission Suite, offering small business owners, salespeople, and sales teams the contact management and sales automation software they need to grow their business at a cost that they can afford. Learn more about Mission Suite at www.themissionsuite.com. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Referral Bench Podcast. Uh, Today we are joined by Nate Jorgensen. Uh, Nate joined Mike Butler and Office Interiors in the late summer of 2013 to entrench himself into the world of commercial office furniture and design. In 2013, Office Interiors was primarily a pre-owned furniture resource and since then has grown and evolved into a $3 million revenue dealership in Denver in addition to opening a dealership in Arizona in 2018. Nate spent 16 years in the wedding and special events industry where he unconsciously was able to build a powerful referral network and upon making the change to commercial office furniture in 2013, worked mindfully, diligently, and intelligently to build an even more powerful network in a new industry. Nate, thanks for joining us here today. You're welcome. Thanks for reading all my run-on sentences. <laughs> that was better in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to do it. Happy to do I it. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Hopefully you're not too winded. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm good. Uh, so tell me, so tell us a little bit, uh, where, how'd you get to where you are? You know, I mean, obviously we heard your run-on sentences from the document, but uh, yeah. hearing you directly from the horse's mouth, what, how'd, how'd you get to where you are now and start wherever you want to start? Fate. <laughs> Next question. No. <laughs> um, so my story, um, like I said, I spent 16 years in the wedding and special events industry. Um, started there when I was 19 um, for a company doing providing DJ services for events. And at the time, uh, there were 13 DJs and 13 sound systems. And over the 16 years, kind of transitioned into sales marketing, networking. And when I left, we had 25 sound systems, 50 DJs. And we also booked about 1700 live performers and musicians and entertainers. And then, um, we were doing 2000 events a year when I left in 13. So, um, and I got burned out, used to have hair, Used to be relatively healthy, <laughs> and that job for that long will kick your butt. Sure. Um, and so I think I was looking for a way out, and I was presented with an opportunity uh, from Mike, who is actually um, – I met him because he was one of the DJs that we had on our roster. Oh, wow. And uh, so he actually – he had always been in the office furniture world for you know, 20, 25 years or so. Um, and just made the transition into starting his own company. And as fate would have it, we reconnected one day and he said, you should sell office furniture. And I said, okay. Because nice. <laughs> I, I just wanted nothing to do with the uh, 
entertainment world right. anymore, which hindsight, you know, today. Yeah. Oh, well, sure. Right. I'm really glad I'm out of that. Because <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. that's not happening right now. So. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so, yeah, 2013, joined up with Mike. It was just he and I for the first three years. Um, we were working out of his house. We were selling pre-owned office furniture. And over the course of, of my duration, we've you know moved into downtown, opened up a showroom, attempted to hire a sales team, lost a sales team, moved the showroom to Westminster, rebuilding the sales team. And that's kind of where we're at now. Nice. So... Very nice. So that's the long and short of it. Yeah, I like it. There's a lot of good stories along the way. Yeah, right. I won't tell all of them. Oh, right, sure, sure. <laughs> you mentioned in your bio that you inadvertently learned how to build a network in the entertainment industry. How, kind of dive into that a little bit. So I say inadvertently because it wasn't anything that I was doing consciously. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I was at events. So I was doing four to seven events a week myself. Whether I was emceeing, whether I was DJing, whether I was, you know, producing or whatever. And so I, I got really connected with the caterers, the wedding planners, the meeting planners, the facilities, the photographers, videographers, all those people that go into making an event happen. And we would just see each other every week. And so we were constantly top of mind with each other. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that. Sure. I was just, oh, this is cool. Like I'm hanging out with my friends, playing music. You know, there's this bride and groom that I've never met and will probably never see again, and they're giving me money and food. And, so, and I'm in all of their pictures. <laughs> yeah, I'm in all their pictures, and, you know, it doesn't matter. So it turned out that people, you know, there was a very powerful network there. Sure. And that old adage of people do business with people that they know, like, and trust, mm -hmm. I don't know that it is any more apparent than it is in that industry. Uh, and so if they saw me at an event or... You know, they saw our company at an event. They were always coming to me because I also did the sales and the bookings. And they were coming to me and saying, hey, we need this guy. We need that guy. So I had this and I wasn't aware of it. Right. I really wasn't aware of it till I left. Right, right. And then I was really aware of it because it was worthless. Because <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't call up a wedding planner and be like, do you need office furniture? Yeah, right, yeah. Be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I work out of my house. <laughs> right. So, so. How, did you, how did you go about rebuilding that? And what was it immediate where you realized like, oh, I had this amazing network and now I don't. And now I need to rebuild the network. And so you kind of... We're able to put the pieces together and say, okay, this is how I need to go about doing it or. Yeah. Yeah. The first step is recognizing that you have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I recognized when I started with office interiors that I had no network. Yeah. And, and then also part of that recognition was that, like I said, that other network completely non-transferable as awesome as those let's call it 1,600 contacts that I worked with regularly would have been to carry over none. Right. Because, well, uh, we'll get into that. But um, <laughs> they don't make any money. Right. They can't afford my stuff. For sure. <laughs> so, um, so it was, you know, first I recognized that I had a problem that I needed to build a network. And then I also had the problem of there was a significant knowledge gap in that I didn't truly understand business to business sales because I've been working B2C. Um, my end users in some cases were companies on the corporate side of stuff. Mm -hmm. But in most cases I was working with brides, grooms, you know, bar and bat mitzvah parents, yeah. 
people, highly emotionally charged, you know, events and parties coming up. And now I'm supposed to be hunting down the facilities manager mm-hmm. for XYZ company and finding out if they have an office furniture <laughs> requirement. So that was part of the the recognition. So I, I knew that I needed to be connected to that world and I needed to figure out who all these players were, which I really didn't have any kind of idea. And I also needed to figure out how to get people to send me business. So it was, I mean, in hindsight, it was looking back at a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I figured it out, but it took, it took some doing. You've told uh, a great story about when you first started with Mike and you were there pounding the phones, cold calling, cold calling, cold calling. Oh, yeah. And he would take, and you'd find like a person that was willing to meet with you. That wanted like a desk. Yeah, right. And then and he I'm would, like, I gotta go. Right. I am on yeah, my way. Right. <laughs> and then he would take one phone call. Yeah. And all of a sudden he had three deals in the pipeline. Yeah. Like that. Right? And that, so that was the bolt of light right. from the heavens <laughs> that sure. hit me. Where I was like, oh, I can get somebody to do this for me. <laughs> Instead of, I mean, I was just burning the phones and, you know, Mike's listening in the other room and I'm making 150, 200 calls a day. Right. You know, had my script down. And I like cold calling. Sure. But there's got to be a more efficient way to do it. <laughs> and I heard it because he took the phone call and it was his buddy. He's a commercial broker. Uh-huh. And he's like, hey, man. That's actually how he talks. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, hey, Mike, brother. Got a project for you. Sixty people moving in two months. It's like a hundred and fifty thousand dollar deal. Right. I'm sitting there going, I gotta figure this out. Right. <laughs> so where did you start? What was the what was the first step in trying to kind of recreate a network from that standpoint? So I started with people that were B2B. So I knew that had to be my focus. So the first couple of people that I met were from like a Denver chamber. Okay. And so, so one of the first guys that I met was a, um, mobile phone provider for businesses. So he wasn't doing like, he wouldn't sell you. Well, he probably would sell both of you guys a phone, but (laughs) he was just, he wasn't selling to individuals. He was selling to businesses, getting them set up with a business plan. And then, um, that seemed, that seemed really smart to me. This guy's talking to businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, Turns out he was full of shit. (laughs) Sorry, crap. (laughs) Okay. So turns out he really wasn't selling to anybody of any value. (laughs) He was just selling to guys that had LLCs. Right. And put, you know, they were in turn putting their family on the plan. Sure. But I felt like I had a good strategy (laughs) going forward. So I tried those folks and I tried um, a couple of people that were kind of fringe that I felt like might be in the same area. So I tried a, a residential designer who was also playing in the commercial design world, but she was a little woo-woo. And so that was kind of weird. And it, it, I was trying to find legitimate businesses. And honestly, I was having a hard time <laughs> is basically what happened. So that's that's where I started. So I went to Denver Chamber. I went to a couple of BNI meetings and left, you know, and immediately showered afterwards. I'm sure. Um, no offense to BNI. No, <laughs> BNI is great, yeah. right? But it just wasn't for me. Right. <laughs> um, and then, and also running parallel to that, 
the the big prize was always a commercial real estate broker. Mm. But those guys are everybody's prize. Mm -hmm. They're at the top of the food chain. And so they're getting hit up left and right. Because if a deal goes down, the commercial broker knows it, and everybody's downstream from sure. them. So it's a hard, kind of a hard, well, I thought it was a hard get. Um, but kind of figured a couple of things out about that, which was that I had to build up my network so that I could be a resource to them. Mm -hmm. um, because I can't, I can't refer to, we've talked about this, I can't refer to a commercial real estate broker. Yeah. Only rarely does that happen. Right. So what was the question? Where are we at? <laughs> <laughs> Talking a lot. It's all right. How you good. got started, like how, like what your steps were to kind of recreate. So you're, yeah. you're kind of, yeah, it sounds like you're, you're halfway there. Yeah, I was, I was halfway there. So I was doing a lot of one-on-ones. I was doing a lot of email introductions and LinkedIn stalking <laughs> sure. um, that, corresponded with my prospecting. So as I was prospecting, if I found a company, then I was looking for, you know, who might be connected to that company via LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And I actually started to get a little bit of traction. Um, there was a guy that I met. Do you know Ryan Bach? Mm. No, so I can't, he was doing commercial janitorial services when I met him. Okay. And I can't remember, I think I met him at a chamber event for the Denver Chamber. Mm -hmm one of the few people that would allow me to come into their click and talk to them. Sure. Um, because I made myself like go <laughs> break up the click. Um, so he attempted to start a, a monthly referral network hmm. with a person from each category. And so he had an electrician there. He had a VoIP guy there. He had a property manager there, commercial property manager, mm -hmm. and a handful of other people. There are probably eight or 10 of us. So we get together once a, lunch, once a month for lunch and talk about deals going on. And it was really informal, poorly structured. Um, and it was, but it was worthwhile because I was actually learning about all of these industries that were connected in some way to everything that I was doing. And so the education aspect of that was really what drew me to that because I, I knew that I didn't know enough to have people go, oh, yeah, Nate's an expert in his field and we're going to send him like a crap load of business. Then it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, I don't know, late 13, early 14, and that's actually when I got involved with Firestorm. Was it yeah. 14 or 15? 14. Yeah, later in 14, I think. I think it was early 14 because he did the speed mm -hmm. networking at CBM Pots in like maybe March or April. Been, I think that would have been 15. Early okay. 15. Okay. Yeah. So actually, now that I think about it, there was a period where I just said, I'm not networking. I do, I've got to learn office furniture. Yeah. Right. So there there was a good six months of me just trying to figure out my life. Well, and I was, I was going to ask you also because for those of you who don't know Nate, uh, Nate's a effing savage when it yeah. comes to cold calling <laughs> and knocking on doors and hammering the phone and you're good at it. You know, Thanks. not only are you like, just don't give a shit, you right. know, like, I, you <laughs> it's know, fair, but you're good at it and you can get in front of people and they respond well. And, and if they don't respond well, you don't care. And so the question is what, what would motivate you to want to build a network when 
you because most people are like, oh, screw yeah. cold calling. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, so you're awesome at it. Why would you put the time and effort into building network? I think the ratio hmm. and the quality of the lead. So the you know one thing that is a differentiator for me that I you know come knock on your door and I say you know do you need office furniture and you say yes and now we're now I'm building a rapport from zero to a hundred a hundred being a close yeah. whereas with a referral I'm going in there at seventy five I think yeah especially if it's the right kind of referral so if somebody comes to me and says hey I've got a client for you and I know you here's the introduction. You know, if you introduce me to somebody, they're going, oh, I really like Phil a lot. He's a good dude and he surrounds himself with good people. Nate must be good people. And whether that's true or not doesn't matter. <laughs> but ultimately, ultimately, I'm at 75 instead of a zero. Yeah. And so the ratio of close, uh, and I knew this, you know, in retrospect from looking at, you know, the previous industry, the ratio of close is much higher and it's less effort. Mm -hmm. I mean, you still got a, you know, maximum effort, but there's, there's still, you know, one in 10 drop-ins or cold calls I'm going to get an appointment off of. Right. One in one referrals are going to give me the meeting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have to say, I really love the point that Nate's making here. As salespeople, as business owners, as anyone who's responsible for our own business development efforts, our job is to get appointments with people who may need our services. From there, it's up to us to determine qualification, need, etc. But without that first appointment, you're not going to get anywhere. And what he said here really resonated with me because if my goal is to find and set two appointments per day, I'm going to be significantly better off if I can find people who are willing to make an introduction for me because the effort that it takes to make that connection and set that appointment is going to be significantly lower. It may not always be a one-to-one -one ratio, but it's definitely going to always be better than 10 to 1. Now, it's rare to find someone who's really good at both cold calling and hitting the phones and knocking on doors and good at networking and generating those referrals. Typically, you're going to find people who are good at one and tend to neglect the other. If you can practice both skills, though, and become really effective at both cold calling and networking, then you're going to find that sending appointments is going to be significantly easier, and more importantly, you're never going to run out of business opportunities. One-in-one one referrals are going to give me the meeting. Yeah. I, that may be an exaggeration, but sure. I think it's pretty close. Yeah. And so... The idea being get as many people to refer you as possible so you can get a many, as many appointments that are closer to closing right. just because of the relationship aspect of it. Yeah. So, but I still love knocking on doors, which I did last week, and it was a very different world out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't imagine why. Yeah, well, right. Yeah, so I was reading. No. <laughs> No, so we, if you don't know, we're recording this like you know, right in the middle of the whole COVID nineteen. We're on the thing. tail end. So we're on the yeah, yeah right. <laughs> quote tail end. Isn't this our third wave now? Something like that. I think. I don't know. Something Time like will that. tell where we are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. We'll see. But uh, but yeah, we I'm are going to get into my Friday the Thirteenth theory. But there's uh, a Friday the Thirteenth in November. Oh, okay. So uh, sure, there was one in sure. March. <clears throat> 
We went to the World that's of Whiskey right. Tour. Yep, yep. And that's there's right. going to be one in November, and I feel like that's a pretty good time there you go. to stop all this. Bookend it. Right, exactly. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> Bookend it with Friday the 13th. And I'm basing that off of nothing. You're right. <laughs> all the scientific research that I did on the back of my hand. Yep. Right. But the hat is right, like, yeah, right, I'm exactly, credential. Right, right. Exactly, right. Sorry. Oh, man. But, uh, but that, so that's interesting. So, um, so really kind of diving in on uh, on so what what first of all why do you like cold calling <laughs> let's ask let's let's cuz this whole uh, thing okay. we, you know we hear uh, like that's one of the things that we've been talking about is that you know cold calling sucks right and but you I guess actually, it depends on how you, you look at it well sure yeah <laughs> but you enjoy it so t- so tell us why you like cold calling it's a fun challenge mm-hmm. and i think a lot of it has to do with you know growing up in the theater and in the performance and being on a stage, sure. you have to cater your message and your personality to the audience and give them what they're expecting uh-huh. or give them the unexpected. But either way, you have, you know, two or three seconds to kind of shift your approach. And so cold calling to me is fun because you can get somebody on the phone and you can instantly tell like are they annoyed with you (laughs) are they excited that somebody called because they've been on zooms all day are they you know distracted are they eating lunch that's gross you can tell right away um (laughs) but like you know all of all of those things and then you have to adapt Uh really quickly um whether it's in person or on the phone but more so on the phone right and so i enjoy the challenge of being able to get my message across and mesh with somebody on the phone mm-hmm. personality wise if you've got somebody boisterous if you've got somebody pissed off if you've got somebody that's super by the book and very regimented and you've got to you know really customize it's fun i don't know i get a kick out of it and, and if you know and th- i'm gonna preface this by saying this is coming from the dude who has built a business around referrals so i am 100 <laughs> on board with referrals but i will say that um i cut my teeth cold calling in the beginning and i i like the fact that you can try out different stuff and yeah. you just get a ton of reps and you can say something different you can change your tone or tempo or inflection or you can you can you know, be whoever you want to be right you want to be and you, and you can you get instantaneous feedback and you can adjust for the next one that you go on it's fun it is fun i enjoy and, it you know there and you try some wild stuff that yeah. you know people are like maybe not going to respond well to, but you're like, whatever, it's a cold call. I'm never going to see that person. Yeah. Who cares? And I love, and I've told you the analogy that I have that I, I don't know. I, it had to be from Sandler way back in the day. Yeah. This guy was talking to us about cold calling and he said, okay, if you're scared of rejection, do this, take a roll of quarters, dump it out on your desk, start making cold calls. When somebody says no, hang up the phone, grab a quarter, go out into the parking lot and throw that quarter as far as you can. Now make the decision. Do you want to go look for that quarter and spend the time, effort, and energy required to go find 25 cents? Or do you want to go back in and make another call that could make you X amount of dollars? And I've always loved that analogy. I'm like, yeah, put put some effort into it. Sure. Have fun with it. But cold calling sucks. <laughs> I mean, just to reiterate everything for your right. podcast. Yeah, cold calling right, is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so do you find that you get to have the same kind of, uh, that you can at least play with the same kind of 
um, you know, methodologies and tempos and things like that when you're following up on referrals and like when somebody gives you, cause when somebody gives you a referral, you still got to get that person on the phone. You've still, and you still got to, I mean, sure you might be coming in at 50 or 75, but you've still got to get it the rest of the way there. Right. So do you take the same tack in, uh, in following up on referrals? Well, you have you to. Get, yeah. And especially now, you know, the way that referrals are done, it's mostly done via email. Sure. In a lot of cases, unless you're there in person, which eh, uh, right now, but whatever. Um, so, you know, I think I have, people have a personality via email too. Sure. So if it's super formal and it, and you can tell that the referral is the form email, you know, Nate, me, Sam, <laughs> Sam right. is a, an accomplished, bleh, you know, then I'm, you know, I've got a different approach there. Right. But if it's a referral from, like, you've given me referrals, they're like, hey, Nate's an awesome dude. He's right. super cool. He's got terrible haircut, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I have a terrible haircut. When do you want to get together and talk about office furniture? It's just kind of matching that en right. energy sure, sure. And, and going <laughs> going yeah. with it. So right, right. Nice. It's it's fun. Yeah. Reading the room, they call Reading it. Reading the room. <laughs> Read the room. Read the Read room. The room. Right. Read the room. Respond accordingly. Exactly. <laughs> Don't right. ignore the signals. <laughs> What's uh going you know, going back to when you started your office furniture career. Yeah. Um what's something you wish you would have known then that you know now? Huh. I wish I could have known how fun it is. Cause I, I really genuinely enjoy doing this. Yeah. And when, when Mike was talking to me about, about doing office furniture, my only hesitation and comparison was the office. I literally <laughs> thought, I literally thought that I was going to work for Dunder Mifflin. And I'm like, this is going to suck. <laughs> like I'm just, you know, uh, this, douchey salesperson <laughs> selling off and that may be true but i really enjoy what i do and i i, I didn't think that i would yeah i i thought it was going to be you know profitable i thought it would help me take care of my family and everything that i want to do but i had no idea how fun it was yeah. i really have a good time i know everybody's like yeah office furniture is fun. <laughs> telling you it's a good time <laughs> So, okay, so speaking of douchey salespeople. Oh, yeah, um, go ahead, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, you know, do you, do you identify with that moniker, like, salesman, you know? Do you, no. No? No. You don't? I don't. People like are like, you're a great salesman. I'm like, I just like people. Yeah. I just like talking with people. I've never considered myself a salesperson. But if you ask anybody I know... They're like, yeah, he's really good at sales, and he's a person, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And so you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Um, well, and and to uh, you know, to your credit, you have been um, the primary salesperson for the last. I mean, for forever since you started with the company. I mean, you're pretty much close to it. Yeah. I mean, you know, the first year, no, but since then, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But I I don't consider myself a salesperson, right? I just consider myself somebody that's well-versed in a subject that can tell you all about it. And if you decide to purchase it from me, then great. Give me some money and a signature and we'll get this thing going for you. <laughs> that was really salesy. How um, <laughs> so how does that impact your interactions with people? Um, 
Like with prospects, like with prospects and, with, and, yeah, with and prospects, users, referral partners with people with anything like that. I mean, how does that inter impact your uh, your interactions with the people that are that are giving you or sending you business? So with referral partners, I think it's you know everybody knows that we're in whatever industry that we are to make money mm -hmm. and to get business. Sure, that's a that's a given. But in terms of with ref the referral network and the people that I partner with. Um, I'm not always, I'm putting people at ease right. or at least attempting to, I know I can be stressful to some people. <laughs> um, but I, I, for the most part, I'm trying to put people at ease so that the referral comes naturally. So I'm not one to sit down with somebody and just say, okay, who are your top five clients and are they moving? And why haven't you given me an introduction to them? I'll go out with somebody 15 or 20 times and then they'll finally be like, oh, you know what? I got a project for you. And I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> of course you do. I knew it was going to happen eventually. <laughs> yeah, because now you like me. Right. Um, and so, and the same thing with prospects. I mean, I don't know how to say this without sounding arrogant, but I'm, I'm pretty low-key with my prospects. And I'm also very straightforward, mm -hmm. which I do in my networking as well but not in an in-your-face, aggressive, uncomfortable way. Because the, the best way to get you know, people on your side is, again, they want to do business with people that they know, like, and trust. Right. So if you're constantly going, you know, hey, what do I got to do to get you into this six-foot-by-six-foot six cubicle today? <laughs> you know, <laughs> check out the peds on this bad boy. <laughs> um, so and I'll, I think that's one thing that I do pretty well. Yeah. Is everybody just kind of, you know, relax. We've got business to do. Mm -hmm. We've got deadlines to hit. I'm going to let you know about that. We're going to have fun going through the process. So two two questions about that. One. Um, I can only remember one at a time. So all right. we'll start, <laughs> take it slow. Let's we'll start with this one. So okay. uh, how, how have you gone about nurturing those relationships with your partners? And because you, I mean, you're always out at, I, I bumped into you, bumped into you on Friday at the, yeah. at the bar, you know, like when the know, sky like, was like gold, Yeah, that was, that was nuts. Yeah. We, Sorry. If we get a chance, I'll pop a photo in the uh, show notes, but yeah. uh, it's, it was a crazy day. Um, anyway, so, uh, you know, how do you go about that relationship nurturing process and, you know, keeping in contact with people and not making it all about sales and right. business and all that stuff? I think it's. So we're giving away like all the secrets so that everybody can do what I do. Totally. Exactly. It's jacked up, man. <laughs> yeah, but you know what the thing is? It's like, a trap. <laughs> I I I struggle with this also. It's like, oh, you're giving the keys to the castle, blah, blah, blah. Nobody's gonna do it. Like right. we're gonna <laughs> That's true. <clears throat> and so that everybody listening, that's your challenge right there. Is that you know, yeah. Do it. Get and out there the and do it. The <laughs> jacked up thing about it is it's so simple. Right. It's so simple, it's stupid. And when you say it out loud, people are like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> but you shouldn't be saying whoa. Yeah. I mean, at you the end of the day. You should be a self-help speaker. Yeah. <laughs> you should be a motivational yeah. speaker. No, you shouldn't. No. Um, but all of that to say is it, when you really boil it down, it's just about being a decent human right. and treating people with respect and learning about them. It's harder than it really is. Yeah. There's some anyway. Um, so I think I don't remember where I picked this up. You reinforced it um, years ago when you were doing some kind of preliminary networking training. Mm. But I picked. I can't remember where I picked this up. But when you sit down with somebody 
and you you ask them questions the whole time, mm-hmm. their answers and their conversation, even though I'm asking all the questions, yep. have them walking away from a con- conversation with you going, man, that Nate guy is really cool and super insightful. Both are wrong, <laughs> categorically. But the point is, on a human level, when you're talking about yourself, you feel good. Like, I feel uncomfortable and good right now. <laughs> but that's what I always try to do when I'm meeting with somebody, especially for the first time, right. is really find out about as much as I can about them. Yeah. And the more that I ask questions, the better I get to know them. And then I take that information and I store it away in my mental file or I make notes and, you know, in my files on my computers or on the back of a business card or whatever the case may be that, oh, this is Phil. He really likes running. He's crazy. He has an awesome beard. (laughs) And I think he likes IPAs. You probably don't. But all of that to say is that the next time, so your question about nurturing, Mm -hmm. which is the important part of build, nurture, and leverage, right? So the nurturing aspect is that's an excuse to follow up. Yeah. Is, oh, hey, Ian, I found this, you know, whiskey club. Well, you did this to me, but I found right. this, I found this whiskey club online. You should check it out. Right. And I'm like, how did they know I like whiskey? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which shouldn't be that hard. But, <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's the simple answer yeah. to the yeah. question is figure out what people like and use it as an excuse to follow up with them. Right. right. And it's not, yeah. it's not all about sales. By far, no. referring to people. Yeah. Sure. Right. It's like something that yeah. they're interested in personally and their family and their hobbies and their, yeah. uh, yeah. whatever. So. so earlier today, you know, we've been doing these recordings for all of you in podcast land who, you know, may want to be looking behind the kimono here. Uh, we're, uh, yeah. Hey. It's that kind of podcast today, right? I, uh, <laughs> I thought the kimono was optional. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we've been batching these recordings, right? And so we recorded, we did, we did a recording earlier with, with Shay Phelan, and he kind of made the point, he, he made a very simple point, just to say, just say things that make sense, right? Mm-hmm. And right. Uh, to your point, it's, I mean, these things that we talk about, these things that, we, that we've identified and just do, right? I mean, at, at this yeah. point are kind of these mind-blowingly simple things, right? Say things that make sense. Be friends with people, right? I mean, yeah. find people, uh, do stuff, figure out things, figure out things to 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 follow up with them for, right? Yeah. Things like that. And that's what it sounds like you're saying. Yeah, and it's, it's keep it simple. I think a lot of people get really, um, they overcomplicate the networking process. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that everything has to be this big grand gesture where you you know, send them $200 in an envelope and be like, hey, thinking of you. Like, that's weird on a number of levels. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, whereas if you go out and have a conversation and you find out that somebody's an avid hunter, mm-hmm. and even if you can introduce them to somebody else that's an avid hunter and say, hey, you guys have some commonality. You should get together. This person's cool. This person's cool. Cool people hang out together, allegedly. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, make that happen. Yeah. Uh-huh. So the second part of that question that I wanted to ask you is, you know, you've been doing this for a while and, and you know that it works. You've you've tried a lot of different things. You've seen success with the the relationship building and having strategic partnerships. And, um, and now you're getting into a sales management role where you're building out a sales team. 
and your salespeople are going to come in and maybe they don't have that track record of success where they they like know in the you know every fiber of their being that this is going to work like i might get my ass handed to me a couple of times but this is going to work it might not happen right now or today or tomorrow but it's going to happen eventually yeah so how do you um how do you balance your expectations and your the way that you talk to that salesperson from a management perspective you know like hey just keep at it like i know it's not happening for you today you know but it's going to happen for you a year from now as far as know? building a network as far as building a network and yeah. developing those partnerships and then also from from <clears throat> their perspective you know um if you if you were able to get in their head and say like okay this is this is how i should look at this like right what, what do you say to them it well what do i say to the salesperson do your job, build your network. That's your job. Yeah. And I'm actually, I, you know, I'm having this conversation now with our new salesperson. So, um, we went out prospecting last week and we were literally pulling up to buildings in the Denver tech center that had two cars in the parking lot and the front doors were locked. I mean, I haven't been prospecting since February because of my network I've been so busy with referrals, but she's trying to get off her feet or, you know, get off the ground and start closing some business. And you can only cold call so much right now right. in terms of mm -hmm. in person on the phone. Not a big deal. Yeah. But we got we went to. 15 targets in the Denver Tech Center, Greenwood Village, Englewood, Highlands Ranch area. We talked to two live people huh. all day if we had done that in february we would have talked to 15 live people we mm -hmm. would have gotten two appointments yeah out of a day like that especially with the companies that we were targeting sure. so now more than ever the the referral network is even more important to start building now and so and it was a great uh segue into hey I've been telling you for two and a half months to get plugged into Firestorm, the Broomfield Chamber, do one-on-ones, track down brokers, track down architects, designers, all these people in my, you know, referral network that I know will refer us business. And I initially had her doing it as a long-term plan. Mm -hmm. So short-term, you know, prospect, make the calls, get those, that low-hanging fruit, get right. those projects closed. While you're doing that, simultaneously, you're building your network so that when that easy stuff goes away, your network is starting to produce results. Mm -hmm. And so that's the conversation I'm having now. And now knowing what I know, because I kind of waited and delayed a little bit because I had to learn about office furniture. Yeah, yeah. And so there was a certain curve there that I had to get around. Um, now that I know what works i'm able to tell her and you know future salespeople this is how you have to get it done yeah this is the quietest both of you guys have been <laughs> you guys have never listened to me for this long we're usually on really good yeah. stories right now <laughs> i'm a little weirded out yeah we're getting there all right yeah, cool. right, right. Yeah. <laughs> no so, that's that's good go ahead. Yeah. go ahead well no go ahead i, I was just yeah so i i, I guess my uh, uh, my last question here, unless you've got something. Uh, so, 
because I because to your point, we I mean the three of us could easily be talking <laughs> for the next three hours. This is um, the director's cut. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, but I guess you know the last question that I have is um, you know I th- which I think kind of dovetails off of Phil's is you know if you had one piece of advice to uh, to give to somebody who was new to selling, just trying to start their network, and not sitting on their hands and waiting or what have you. Right. But I mean, right. but actually out there saying, okay, teach me sensei. What, you know, what do I do? What would that piece of it? What would that one piece of advice be? Don't turn a meeting down with anybody. Okay. So I know some people disagree with this. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I know some people disagree with this, but one of the things, you know, Mike and I kind of, Mike's always, you know, well, why are you meeting with that guy? And I'm like, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) That's why. Because you don't know what somebody knows until you sit down and talk to them. Mm -hmm. And so even though somebody may be doing, I mean, Jared Berry is a great example. Sure. I mean, he handles, you know, commercial janitorial services. Right. And to a lot of people, you'd be like, why? Why would, what, what could I possibly have to offer him? And what could he possibly offer me? Well, first of all, he's been in the industry for like, what, 20 years? (laughs) Um, secondly, he knows every company in the city because he's prospecting the same companies that I'm prospecting. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, during the, are we calling this a COVID era? I guess so. Sure. Okay. So during 2020, sure. (laughs) You know, somebody that's handling the cleanliness and functionality of an office space Mm -hmm. is a really great contact to have. And so you can't, uh, you I'm in rare situations, you can't really turn down a meeting with somebody, a one-on-one, to at least sit down with them, direct the conversation, find out who they're targeting, help them understand who I'm targeting, and then see where that crosses over. Mm-hmm. Because inevitably, if there's not one, there's multiple. But there's always there's always an overlap. And, and so the goal is to find that overlap. Yeah. And so don't turn a meeting down with somebody. Nice. I think, yeah. especially if, you know, if you're in B2C or B2B. Right. And they sound Which kind of encompasses all business. Right. <laughs> yeah. So B2A. Yeah. Right. Business yeah, to right. all business. Right. But you, you just got to give people a chance and go yeah. in open-minded. I, yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Right. Cause you never, you never know. Who people know it always fascinates me. Yeah, yeah. totally. So I, I I have one last question, and I just uh, I know you've got a million success stories, but is there a particular success story for networking, strategic partnerships, anything that you want to share with uh, the listeners? Yeah. So this year, I would say ninety five percent of my business is from my referral network. Nice. Um, of that ninety five percent, I would say. I'm guessing, but I would say 80% of it is from Firestorm. Sweet. Or I can trace it back to Firestorm. Mm-hmm. So I'm really fortunate to be in the position that I am today with everything that is going on right now to be closing business with companies that I've gotten great introductions to. Because um, if I was trying to do what I did in, you know, 13, 14, early 15, right now, that would suck. Because I went out last week and it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta you gotta get on the phone with people right now. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, my network has paid off 
tremendously this year. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Glad to hear. Nice. Beautiful. Well, Nate, thank you for uh, for joining us today. This has Sweet. been uh, this has been a blast and uh, obviously, the, yeah, right, of course, yeah, and no surprise there. Yeah, I'm but, not shocked at all. Yeah, right. Or humble. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man, this has been great. So thank you very much, and uh, I'm sure that you know. Are, are the people listening uh were able to glean some of the brilliance coming uh come that were that's been being held underneath that hat of yours it's a big oversell but <laughs> well done <laughs> all right lowest awesome. rated podcast ever yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well we'll see y'all next week yeah, thank yeah. You guys.